All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Andy Chen, who is a co-founder of Sidekick. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Pretty good, man. Uh, Really happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you on. I think what you're building is super interesting and unique, and I'm excited to learn more about it and share it, you know, with the uh, with, with with the listeners. So, with that, I mean, what what are you building? What is Sidekick? Yeah, Sidekick is a new hardware device that connects remote teams with an always-on video call. You have a Sidekick on your desk next to your computer, and you're able to just turn to your teammates and chat as if they were sitting in the same room. Okay, so let's unpack a few things here. Uh, one, just brilliant idea based on challenges that are going on, you know, with remote work. And let's kind of start there. Um, actually, let's start with like the why and the why this solution. I guess more so like the origin of the story. Why did you decide to start working on this? Um, why this solution? Then we'll go into a little bit of how it works. Yeah, for sure. Um, so me and my co-founders, we're actually working on a different company when we quit our jobs. Um, we quit our jobs on March 20th, which was, I think, two days after COVID lockdown in New York happened on March 18th. So it's a pretty pretty crazy time to, you know, be uh, losing a lot of stability. But yeah, so then, so then we were re- very quickly forced into remote work, which we weren't used to. Um, and we realized it was super painful. We weren't able to ask those quick, spontaneous questions or have those random brainstorms that are like so important for a founding team to have. Um, so we built Sidekick just for ourselves, just to use, you know, amongst the four of us. And, and then we got into Y Combinator um, and we met a bunch of other founders in our batch. And when we told them about what we were doing with Sidekick for ourselves, they were like, oh, I would totally want to do that with my co-founders too. Um, and that's when we realized we weren't some crazy people. Oh, we're probably crazy, but we weren't the only crazy people in the world that, you know, wanted to try out um, something like Sidekick. Yeah, definitely. It, it is kind of a crazy idea, but it's like in the world that we are in, it, it, it's almost one of these things that's so crazy it could work. So let's kind of like talk about the experience. Right? Yeah, let's start with, you know, what's the user experience of Sidekick? If I signed up or if I you know bought one, can you kind of share how it works? Do I have do do I need to buy the iPad? How does I how do I hook it up? And kind of like kind of how it works on a high level. Yeah, for sure. Um, so as far as how purchasing works, it's pretty uh, frictionless. It's a subscription model. So we're currently charging $25 per user per month. Um, and we ship you the device and the hardware. Um, we cover all the shipping. So, you know, as, as a customer, you don't have to worry about whether you want to purchase a new piece of hardware. You should really think about it as, um, you know, do I want this experience of sitting in the same room as my team again? And that's what you're really paying for, not for the hardware itself. Um, in terms of like what the product actually is, um, yeah, I, we, you know, we've shipped um, a V1 so far, basically. And it's pretty simple. It's uh, you click one button and you're in the call with your teammates. Um, and then at the end of the day, you click another button and, you know, you log out for the night. Um, we're working on, you know, some more stuff that is uh, stuff we've learned from, you know, the last three or four weeks of uh, testing it out with our first users, which I'd be happy to dig into if you're interested. 
Yeah, I actually am. The re- the reason is my so I, I do a bunch of stuff on the side of my main job because um, I'm just I'm, I'm a founder too, and uh, one thing that my um, one of my co-founders for one of my things do is like we we just work on Zoom together. Like we might be like silent and working, and like I'll tell you like it's not optimal. Like I I don't, I don't love it. Um, and I like I, I wanted something else. I just didn't know what it was. So I, I would like to dive into some of these things that you've learned um, about, you know, your users and what people like, what they don't. I think that'd be super interesting. Yeah, I think um, I think both. Uh, I think with like you know people who have tried setting up Zoom. Let's say you set up Zoom on an iPad on the side. Like what what we've learned is that you know it's really hard to be in the room at the same time. It was hard to coordinate that because, um, you know, for example, if you have an external meeting, you would leave the room, but to everyone else, it just sort of looks like nobody's in the call. And that just makes it seem like nobody wants to use it. So eventually all of those, you know, hack together solutions would fizzle out and die. And we learned this because uh, both from our initial users and from interviewing, you know, people who tried the Zoom on an iPad solution, um, this is what always happened. Uh, so, So with Sidekick, we thought a lot about hey, how can we actually productize this culture of being in the room at the same time? Like, how can we maximize the chance that other people are in the room with you? Um, an example of some of these decisions we've made are, you know, push notifications to minimize being alone in the room. When someone joins as the first person, we send a notification out to the rest of the team. Um, another example is something we call meeting mode, uh, where instead of leaving Sidekick, when you have another meeting, you're able to just click one button um, and it shows everyone else that you're in a meeting for the next 20 minutes. And, uh, and that way they know that, hey, if I have a question for Andy, um, he'll be back in 20 minutes and I can ask him then. So is it one of these things where, I guess one, one thing I'm not clear on is, let's say I have two co-founders, um, which, which I have one, but hypothetically, let's say I have two. Do I have two sidekicks, one on my left and one on my right? Or let's say I have a, t- I, you know, the, the, my day job, Prenda, we have like 35 people on the team. Is this, could this work for a team like that? I guess I'm having a hard time understanding like the UX of if I got more than one person to talk to, how do I get to them? Or is it designed to one-on-one? Yeah, um, we support multiple people. Uh, it basically just looks like a tile view where like each person takes up a section of the screen. Um, and we're, we're, we, we don't work well for everybody. We do really well with really fast-paced teams. So if you're, if you're on a team or like you're a co-founder or you're on a really like, you know, intense team that needs to talk all, all the time, um, those are the type of teams that really love Psychic. That's so interesting. I, because <laughs> obviously if you're in YC, you, you, they're probably share with this with you. You already know that like, I mean, startups at the earliest stages thrive on speed. And if you're remote and working on a startup, which is now a lot of people, right? Because of COVID, it's like such a barrier to moving fast is just not being in the same room. Um, so it's just, I don't know, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, what, what are some other, are there any other insights that you've learned from trying the V1 out with uh, other founders, other employees? Um, you would love, just love to like learn what, le- learn what you're learning about the market. Yeah, I think, um, I think the thing that we're still working through is like, you know, what are other versions of these really intense, like high energy teams that need to be in the same room? Um, So far, founders have been really awesome for us because, you know, name a better type of team that, you know, loves to always be talking and like making those like really um, aggressive decisions in the moment. Um, Some some other teams we're thinking about, though, are, you know, recruiting teams or like resourcing teams. 
Um, but I think, I think it's like, you know, the world is our oyster and like, we're still totally figuring out what, what all these other intense teams uh, could be. And yeah, that kind of leads me to my next question. And like, how do you know who to reach out to, to use this? I guess, how do you think about getting customers, getting users? Everyone's remote now. So that probably widens your market, which probably makes things even harder because you're trying to be focused. So how do you reach your users and how do you know who to, who's going to buy this? Yeah, I think, um, I think it's something we're still figuring out, honestly, as a really early team. Um, we're, we're really active in the Y Combinator community because um, there are just so many founders of early stage companies there. Um, and we're, we're just figuring out right now like how, how we can access those teams within bigger companies that sort of operate like startups themselves. You know, These are sort of the, the teams that work on the bleeding edge work at these bigger companies. Like, How, how can we find those people? Definitely, definitely. What is a average day? Like if there was a little recording button on one of these, on, on one of the devices, that was recording you all day or recording your screen. What, what do you spend your time on? Are, you, are Is it coding? Are you finding users? Are you just learning? Is it jamming in the YC Slack or, 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 or uh, Bookface? Like what, what do you spend your time on on an average day? Well, what do, what do I spend my time on? Uh, yeah, like what, what's in, what's a day in the life of, of you right now? Yeah, um, that's an interesting question. I haven't been asked that in a while. Um, I think <laughs> I think most of my time um, right now specifically is doing two things. Uh, the first thing is figuring out how we can get more users to try out Sidekick. So that's a lot of calls um, just to, with like warm leads or like people that are potentially interested that have more questions. Um, and... I think, I think I find that these calls are really helpful because this is a really new behavior that people are interested in, but not necessarily totally sold on because they want to understand more. So it's just really helpful for them to, you know, talk to the founder and talk about like how, how it would actually work for them. Um, I think the other half of my time is just really aggressively understanding what's going on with our users through metrics. So it's a lot of digging through amplitude and understanding, you know, what, what are the behaviors that are happening across the fleet and how how can we, you know, how can we make Psychic more useful for everyone on it? Definitely. That's kind of the whole job pre-product market fit is just making the product as good as possible, uh, which, which is awesome. So let's say you, you get past that hump, you find product market fit, you scale to the millions and it's like 10, 10 20 years away. What would you say is the, the big vision for what you're building? And I know this is such an early product. It doesn't need to be this like, Oh, like I, I have this vision of the world in 10 years, but just like, what could this be, right? Like, like, like if this works, what could this look like in a decade or two? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I truly believe that there's something magical that happens when you're working with your team in the same room. And I think my vision is that I want all teams to have access to that. Um, whether that's a remote team where everyone's fully remote or a team that's, you know, half the people are in an office and half the people are remote. Um, I think I can imagine us, you know, building all sorts of devices or software that, you know, bridges the gap between any arrangement of these teams. That's awesome. I, there's a magic that happens when you're in the same room. And if that can be recreated anywhere, that is a big company to be built. Um, and to make that happen, you're, you're obviously going to need some help, right? You'll, you'll, you'll need users and customers. You'll need maybe some investors if you're going down that route. But what, what I can guarantee you what you'll need is help from the forward-thinking founders community. So for my last question for you is how can the forward-thinking founders community help you 
make your vision happen a little faster? Is there an ask that you have for any of the listeners in a way to make your life a little easier? Yeah, I, uh, I think it's really like, talk to me, ask me any questions that you have about Psychic. And I would love for you to give Psychic a try because I really think for founders, there's something awesome that happens when you're sitting in the same room. All right. And then for the last question, if someone wanted to learn more about Sidekick, find you on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, anywhere, how can they connect? What's your, your, your URL, email? How can they connect with you online? Yeah, I would just recommend um, going to sidekick.video and uh, on the website is all my content information. I have to ask, how, is the video domain, do you just like get that on GoDaddy or is that like a, do you have to like pull some, some strings or like know the right people? Like how do you get that as a domain? <laughs> yeah, I think it was just available. I don't think there was any magic that happened. Oh, that's uh that's cool. I, I got the forward thinking dot VC domain recently. And I had to like, like that wasn't available. Like on GoDaddy, I had to go to like name.com. I'm like, Oh, like this is like extra, extra stealth. If you got to go to a different thing. Anyways, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast and sharing what you're working on. It's honestly, I, if there's a time to build a company like this, it's now. So your timing is impeccable. And I wish you the best of luck making it happen. And let us know how we can help. Awesome. Thanks. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Kirill Avery, who is the founder of Matt. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, thanks, Matt. <laughs> yeah, we're also building the company called Matt uh, with another team there. But yeah, everything's fine. How is it going with you? It's going really well. I, as we, as we talk, I'm going to size up this mat to see if the mat's better. No, I, I could make mat jokes the whole time. I'm probably not. Like, I, I mean, I could like weave them in throughout the whole conversation. I'll try to keep it to a minimum, but for, for what you're building, what is Matt? What, what, what are you working on? Yeah, right. So, uh, we're building a live streaming where you can friend, where viewers can friend other viewers. So it's like an very socializing and interactive live streaming app, uh, that's we're building. That's it. And very short, of course. So let's talk about how it works. If I wanted to use it, um, how would I use it? Would I add friends? Can you kind of talk about uh, the, the user experience of, of if I wanted to get on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you go into the app and uh, either you're a creator, either you're the viewer. So if you're the viewer, you just go and find the show that you can be part of. And then like other uh, live streaming apps where you just can like watch the show, here you can actually 
participate in the show, uh, like almost like the creator. How you do this is you feel some information about yourself at the beginning, then you start answering the questions about other people who also feel the information. Like, you know, HQ trivia style, uh, with like several answers, several questions. It can be any type of question. It can also include videos, photos, uh, drag and drop, doesn't matter. So kind of interact with the whole stream and with other people who are also watching the show. And during this time, you just socialize, make connections. If you have common interests with these people, you just um, connect and you can start chatting right away, uh, even while you're watching, continue watching the show. That's it. So why it sounds like a very like specific product, like almost like opinionated, like you knew what you wanted to build a very, you have a vision for it. Tell me, tell me a little bit about the, the background story or more so like what's the origin story for how you started Matt? Yeah. First of all, I think it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting how we came up with the name Matt. <laughs> uh, and the secret is very easy. We, I had a friend uh, and I still have a friend called Matt with, but with two T's. Uh, yeah, and I was just thinking about like something unique, and uh, it was pretty unique because I didn't, I, I haven't found something like this on Crunchbase. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we started with a, an ex, we started with an experiment uh, before. Also, it was called Matt, uh, but it was different kind of idea. So it was more about uh, face filters. So you could build your own face filters um, inside the app. You know, like Spark AR for Facebook. Maybe you heard about it, or just can generally. Um, think about like Snapchat filters that you can build your own Snapchat filters inside the app and then share it to your friends. So it was kind of experiment. It was pretty successful experiment. We got 130K, uh, 130,000 filters created by users. It's a, bit, it's a pretty big number because Snapchat got only around 1 million for, uh, for three years or something. And we got it like for a few months. And um, after that, uh, we realized that this experiment should work on the social part of what we can do uh, right away. Because before that, two years ago, I, so I moved, to, I, I moved to Los Angeles from Russia a year ago. And uh, before that, I launched another live streaming app in Russia, which got 15 million downloads. Uh, and uh, it was like kind of competitor of HQ Trivia. And uh, so I know kind of some stuff about, uh, about live streaming as, as a whole thing. And I know about like interactive live streaming as well. That's why I understood that live streaming needs to be rethought in some way and um, and uh, we can connect this mask 100 masks library to our app that was like the pre pre-story of it then we started doing this right now we're still in beta we haven't launched yet although we raised some money and uh, we, we already have like you can you can by the way check out the product uh, with it's, it doesn't have the options of uh, making friends yet but it's already like all working live streaming. There is like creators uh, who also love the product and stuff like that. So this kind of, okay, long story short again. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing all that. It's cool because you have some, you have experience here. You have like some, you understand behavior in, in this space, which, which makes it exciting. What, what do you, as, as a founder of like a consumer app, what do you spend your time on? Are you just on the app all the time to learn? Are you building it? Are you getting more users? What, what, are, you, what are you spending your days on? Like my personal life, or like just in general. Uh, when you're when you're work working when you're working on Matt, um, like what activities like what okay. activities are you doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think, uh, so I think like before I came up with this current vision and idea, I was just like like I think eighty percent of my time was spending on 
uh, just spending time on thinking. <laughs> it's, it's, it's can, it can sound stupid and dumb, but it's, it's actually how it was it. I was thinking a lot about like uh, where the world goes. I was reading a lot, a lot of articles. I was talking a lot with different people, like collecting a lot of information. And, um, and, and, and after that, I just, uh, yeah, after that, we started building it. So right now my work is like, uh, yeah, working with product, testing this product a lot, uh, making some goals with my team, managing, finding new people to hire. And I think the right now, right now, just like I think for the last, last month and I think uh, the next month too is uh, fundraising. So fundraising takes a lot of time and uh, you actually, it's, it's, it's not very healthy for the company. If you can, if you can ask, for example, Paul Graham or somebody from my community, they, they always say that you have to fundraise one time uh, and don't think about it any, anymore. And I'm still at this point. <laughs> How do you think, this is actually like a personal question, like for my situation, um, like if you didn't have to fundraise, would you not? And how do you think about using fundraising as a tool to grow quickly? Because you're a consumer app. Like, if like, because you got consumer apps that could fundraise millions and millions and millions, and they grow faster. But how do you find that balance? Balance between you mean um, the the sorry the, yeah the balance between yeah. like like you know raising oh we plan to raise as much as we can to invest as much into growth to be the best consumer app and the other side of the Paul Graham angle of like only raise once and never raise again. How do you as a founder think about the fundraising journey? Um, like whether like going big and raising like a hundred million dollars or raising $3 million and trying to be sustainable after that. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really like the journey, uh, for example, of Notion. So they haven't, they haven't raised anything before they actually became profitable. And only then, after they did it, they, they had already a full working product and they uh, and everything was working and they became profitable, they started to raise. That's the story that I like. And uh, I, I, I actually want to aim something on this. So uh, I want to, yeah, so that, that's, that's the story that, that I want to be in. The, so two years ago, it was kind of, I didn't know so much stuff about startups. That's why, why my goal was to raise, um, and this actually without any building product, that's just what the goal. And I did it uh, successfully. I spent on it like much, much, so much time. And after that, eventually, I realized that it's not, it's not like the main thing that you have to focus on. You have to actually build the product, and you actually can make, can make, let's say, um, Google, Google spreadsheet where, where like, let's say, wait list of. 50,000 people like Dropbox did before. And uh, if you can show it to like investors and say that this already like what people want and uh, we know how to build it, that's also like very, very interesting journey. So yeah, I, I, I'm thinking about this like more like hacker way than just like fundraise 100 million. Because like we have, we see an example. So you know that Hubi, maybe you heard about it. Uh, they fundraise like around two, $2 billion and their product just doesn't, people just don't want to use it. And that's what I think. And they already like spend, I think, half of this. And uh, that's, I think, like one of the biggest challenges. So you actually have to experiment a lot at the beginning, build something uh, that you probably not 100% know people want, but at least 80% know people want, and then already fundraise something like this. And 
I kind of want to dive into the last point you said, build something you're not 100% sure, but you're 80% sure how I think a lot of founders always think they're 100% sure when they're actually zero, it's 0% accurate. How do you think about knowing that you're building something people want before going all in and getting to that 80% versus just like taking a risk and not knowing what that is? Yeah, yeah. So I think one of the key inspirations for this is just uh, belief of the founder. But sometimes it sounds like a bullshit, of course. Uh, at the same time, you need some understanding of the market and you need some understanding of 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 actually how people like, uh, I don't know, live their lives. So is there is there a place for, for your product in their lives that you can, you can put your product in? And yeah, so... Uh, I think it's just like some, something like you came up with an idea, uh, you, you thought a lot about it, you, and then you have to like start test it on different, I don't know, you have to, you have to kill this idea. That's, that's what we have to do. And by killing the idea, I mean like you have to, first of all, uh, understand is there a, like a real problem like this in the world? Then you have to like talk with people, then probably, I don't know, uh, launch a small experiment with actually not developing the app, maybe like, I don't know. Uh, advertisement or or like something like this you know like just an experiment and if you can't kill your idea right away that means that something in this can be possible and uh, that's where you go then then you start just iterating and this kind of a process but it's like i also i also i also wondering i'm not like this type of person because i'm only 19 and i have i don't have like so much experience in life i think but i really fascinating by people who like you know they 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 were doing something like for 10 years, I don't know, like uh, professional gaming, professional, I don't know, uh, surfing and stuff like that, football and stuff like that. And then they understood that they like, they don't want to do this anymore, but they have a lots of insights inside this, uh, inside this uh, sphere. And they also know what can be improved. And then they just start a company uh, like from, from here. That's, that's, that's the journey that I think I won't be able to do because I, I, I like really, into startups and nothing else. <laughs> We're very similar on that front. I I live and breathe startups, and uh, and in some ways I live and breathe Matt because I am Matt. Again, you're building Matt. Just kidding. I, I have to th- I have to throw the joke in there. Um, cool. So let's go out. Let's go. Let's go out into the future, into space, as you can see by my background. Ten years from now, fifteen years from now, what could Matt look like? Uh, or I guess in other words, like what's the big vision for what you're building? Um, that's a good question. I think, uh, that, uh, I actually can't, can't answer this question right now. I mean, I, I, I know, I know what I want to do, but I think I'm thinking about more like, uh, let's say Twitch, Twitch style, Twitch type of product, uh, which is, uh, which is helps people to socialize inside. So something, something big like this. And I totally know that people have this, uh, pain. And they want to solve it. That's that's well, first of all we're building this. But yeah, so um, so how would you rate my answer <laughs> from one to ten? I don't know. Um, well, I'll be I'll, I'll be honest. I so I started asking that question like from day one, like the, the first episode that I've ever done. And over time, over the last two years, I've actually like put in my my, my own opinion like less weight on the huge vision because I think sometimes founders get get like dr- like the vision drowns out the execution 
Um, so I think your answer is great. I mean, I think that I think if I was to be asked the question, I would have like lofty visions, et cetera. But like, you know, it's you got to balance the lofty vision with like making it happen today. And I don't know, like one day I might like re- reposition the question or anything or something like that. So I appreciate I appreciate your answer. Um, but I, I have one more question, then we'll then we'll call it a wrap. So to make kind of to, to grow Matt and to make it successful, you'll need some help, right? Like you. So um, apologies about the technical difficulties, we have, but we're back for people listening. Um, my last question for you is, where, where do you need help? What are you looking for help from, from the forward thinking founders community? Do you need users? Are you hiring? Are you looking for funders? How can we help? Yeah, I think the main thing that I need right now is the person, like I think it can be technical founder or just technical lead, but person who just also really into startups and uh, startups like social, uh, social consumer startups. At the same time, um, he really he really like very technical guy and he like can spend all his time on this so i i, I really like um so i i think that the only thing that we need right now uh of course we're fundraising uh but uh, the main thing that the base right now is actually uh yeah this this type of person who who really motivated about startups and he really um want to do something cool at the same time uh he can manage some t- uh, technical team at the same time. At the same time, here's, uh, he's a very just cool, let's say, backend guy and th- that type of person. It's really rare type of person. I actually already in the search for like several months, but yeah. And um, if someone wanted to learn more about you or what you're building with Matt, what's the URL? Are you on Twitter? How can people connect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I have a Twitter, it's, um, I think, I don't know how, how to pronounce it, like twitter.com uh, slash K-I-R-I-L-L-Z-Z-Y. It's like my name and two Z Y in the end. I uh, started my Twitter, by the way, but I already have some people who follow me. Um, and I also have Instagram, which I which, which is quite more popular than, um, than my Twitter. Uh, then I have the same nickname there. All right. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. All right. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate that you having me today.